This message was recorded at Church of Our Saviour's Auditorium for your listening pleasure. You can download and listen to more messages at www.coos.org.sg. If you'd like to respond to this message or would like more information, please contact us at 6885-0700 or email admin at coosg.org. We have some prophecies. I'm proud of you, my children. I already, my spirit was working in you, even from your mother's, when you're in your mother's womb. I had already planned from that day forward what I would accomplish in you. Because uh, you have come this far to in accomplishment, I'm proud of you. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to look down upon yourself. Because when you work for me, it won't be one person. Because my Holy Spirit will be with you. Don't stop. Because I am your God. And I will walk with you. So when you run, it won't be like one person running. You will be running like a horse because I'll be running with you. Um, and it's not finished yet. I'd like to introduce you to uh, our people from Hong Kong. We've got uh, hundreds, uh, but uh, they, they heard about the food here, so <laughs> these are the ones who came. <laughs> and uh, every time we meet, they prophesy, because they're under orders. And the scripture says you all can prophesy. So they just practice listening. Uh, so Ahoy is going to share a little bit what he's doing these days. Um, and now I'm helping a bunch of teenagers. And I live with them. Uh, whatever they do where I'm with them even at night uh, when they're sleeping we sleep in the same place when they have lessons and learn practical things I'm with them uh, 
Many of the background of these teenagers, they don't have parents. 十几岁、十三、十四岁已经入黑社会。They've already joined the gangs by the age of thirteen or fourteen. 同埋啲家庭系对佢哋好差。And the, if they have families, they they are not good towards them. 佢哋都系冇乜人理佢哋嗰班嘅人。They they haven't got any culture. 所以我哋咧有一班人同佢哋一齐生活。So we live with them. 用耶穌嘅方法咧去幫佢哋。結果呢？結果見到好多人得生命啦。And the the fruit is we see a lot of them coming to life。同埋對我自己咧都好多鼓勵咯。And it's very encouraging to me。因為見到神佢好多工作喺人嘅身上。And I see God working in their lives very much。誒特別見到誒有一個弟兄佢係誒。誒佢佢係一個黑社會嚟嘅，十十五歲到已經係黑社會啦。Especially,、uh, I can tell you about one brother who was fifteen already in the triads。佢爸爸細個嘅時候咧，已經每一日打佢。Every day since he was small, his father beat him。佢佢同我講，佢話當有問題嘅時候，同佢爸爸講咧，佢唔理就打咗先咯。And when there was problems, he he、uh, His father. Oh, when there's a problem, he started to tell his father about the problem, but his father didn't listen. He hit him first. So he, for many people, doesn't have faith. So many of them don't have any trust. Um, he has another brother. And the mother has another man. Um, 咁佢哋嚟到。佢嚟到我哋嘅家庭入邊之後咧，啊，我哋不斷去同佢祈禱嘅時候咧，好難。And we, when they come to live with us, we we don't stop praying for them, and sometimes very hard. 因為我哋啲弟兄好奇怪，佢哋覺得祈禱係佢哋有做錯先至要祈禱。But you see, uh, uh, sometimes when we're praying for them, the brothers think that means they've done wrong. 所以好多人唔敢開放，同埋都唔相信有人會關心佢哋。They don't, they cannot believe that people actually care for them。呢個係我哋為佢祈禱，係我我間屋全部人加埋都唔夠佢多。我我我個家庭所有人嘅祈禱加埋一齊都唔夠佢為佢祈禱嘅多。If you added all the people in the house I'm living together。And our prayers for one boy is still not enough. 但系到到誒一段時間之後，佢開始接受同埋佢自己識得揾人祈禱。But after a while, he can receive this, and even further, he can learn to pray for others. 佢之前都唔肯承認自己有問題，但係佢知道而家有。He didn't dare admit he had problems in the past, but now he can open up. 我見到神佢有改變佢。I've seen God change him. Thank you. This is Ayi. She just wants to tell you about a Philippine trip. 誒，我之前有試過去菲律賓嘅時候去探訪一個家庭。I've been to the Philippines and have visited a family. 咁嗰個係一個婆婆嚟嘅。It was a granny in the family. 咁啊，當時咧誒，佢只腳咧係行唔到嘅。Her, uh, because of her leg, she couldn't walk. 
。咁誒，但係我嗰陣時去之前為佢祈禱之前咧，其實自己都有少少驚。誒 ，actually before I prayed for her, I was a bit frightened。因為我唔識講英文。Because I couldn't speak English。唔可以溝通。Couldn't communicate。咁但係後屘我自己誒。凭信心啦，去用方言啦，只系用方言。So, finally,、uh, in faith, I use tongues to pray. 但系当我方言帮佢祈祷完之后咧，我就好兴奋啦。But after I prayed in tongues for her, I was very excited. 因为佢行得翻。Because she could walk again. 呢个系我好兴奋嘅事。多谢你哋。And this is Max. Max is 19. He's just going to tell you what he's doing. Go and see soon, it's all. 誒，咁我而家都同阿開做嘅嘢少少相同。I'm I'm living the same kind of life as a Hoi with these teenagers. 但係我係誒，主要我係誒，好似阿開講啦，佢哋有教一啲堂嘅時間，我有去負責呢啲嘢啦，咁樣。I'm in charge of of helping them to learn certain things. 但事實上我哋都唔係好掂嘅，即係喺教佢哋嗰樣嘢裏面。But actually, we can't really do that. We, it's very difficult to 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 accomplish that. 誒，但係誒，好主要係啊，好似人哋叫我哋做嘅時間，我哋會去做先。好似神叫我做我。But whatever, whether it works out or not, if if we are asked to do this, if God asks us to do this, we will try anyway. 其實好多次咧，我自己咧好多次做咧，我做完上，譬如教完佢哋上堂之後咧，我個人會好灰，好。Sometimes we've had a lesson. Let me explain to you. We have our own school because these kids cannot go to school under Hong Kong law. They're supposed to. But they've been kicked out of the worst schools, so we've got 12-year-olds out of school and cannot go cannot go to a school. So we have our own schools. So he's actually saying he's in charge of some of the lessons, and when they cannot or will not、uh, learn, how difficult it is for him. That's what he's saying. Yeah. So I'm thinking when I'm teaching them a lesson, it's not really the lesson I'm teaching. 其實好似一個方法啊，俾我去誒，俾、呃、我知道耶穌喺我哋生命裏面做啲乜。What's more important than the lesson is for them to see、uh, Jesus through what we're doing。我會俾佢哋知道我自己都唔掂。And I also will let them know that actually I I'm not that together myself。就好特別，好似阿開講佢哋誒，好好似人睇過好多問題，好多。唔好嘅嘢，人出面人睇，但係好似誒到我話我唔掂，我話我教得好，哇！我教到咁樣喎，咁樣即係我同佢分享嘅時間就唔係你做得好好，佢話你唔緊要，你。So it turns out like this. When I admit that I'm not very good at doing the lessons, and I'm I'm myself not very successful, then they turn around and they say, No, you're doing fine. You're teaching really nicely. You're doing very well. 但係佢哋。真係好，其實佢哋好好鼓勵我呢啲年青人。This bunch of teenagers really encouraging me。因為我見到神，即係喺神嘅國裏面，佢哋唔係人哋睇最差嗰啲。Because if you look in God's kingdom, they're not the least, they're not the worst. 
佢哋係我睇佢哋真係好真係好特別，我唔知點講好特別。I think they're really special. Thank you. Joshua chapter fourteen. Verses six to twelve. This is the story of a man called Caleb, and Caleb、um, had been one of the twelve that was in the desert with Joshua. And Joshua and Caleb、uh, were willing, after they'd taken an exploratory look into the promised land, they said, "We can do it." And the other ten said, "No, we certainly can't." Those men in there are like giants, and we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. Now, years later, they've got to the edge of the promised land, and this is Caleb speaking.、Um, now, the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him. You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, "The land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly." Now then, just as the Lord promised, He has kept me alive for forty-five years. That means He's eighty-five. Since the time He said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle as I was then. Now then, give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out. Just as he said, here is a man who, forty-five years older, earlier, had seen a place that the, the Lord had reserved for him, and Moses said, "That's yours." And the poor guy has to wander around the desert with all the other men who say, "No, we can't possibly do this. We can't possibly do this." And the poor kids will suffer. We're not going into. It's much too dangerous to go into the promised land. So, of course, you know what happened. They just walked in circles for years and years and years and years. And then Caleb sees the promised land, and he says, "My bit is still there." Years ago, I was here in Singapore. I was actually here in 1966, and I, I bet that's before most of you were born. I, I'm not sure about Derek, but、uh, <laughs> but sure the rest of you. Ah, 1966, because I got onto a ship. It was terribly exciting. It was a it was an adventure really.、Uh, 
And the Lord said, go. So I got on the ship and he said, I'll tell you where to get off. Well, I got off at Singapore for a bit. But uh, lucky you, you didn't get me. (laughs) And then I got back on the next ship and uh, finally got off at Hong Kong. But that's my story. And then I found myself in a place called the Walled City, which is uh, actually doesn't exist now. But it was about 100,000 people in five or six acres, run by gangsters because it was outside Hong Kong's law. It just had got left out by mistake. But I didn't know much about that. All I knew when I walked around the streets was that I looked at the old prostitutes, some of them 60, and they got needle marks in the back of their hands because they took drugs. They'd finished all the veins in their arms and legs and necks. And I, I looked at them and I thought, that could be me. I just happened to be born in an average town in Britain. We had a garden. And it was easy to go to school. And I looked at these old ladies and I thought, they were looking after young girls who were prostitutes. They'd made a mistake in their life, those young girls. Not a very great mistake. They just went out with a boyfriend, the wrong one. One mistake. And then they're stolen into prostitution and kept prisoner. And in the walled city, there's nobody to complain to. And I looked at the young girls and I looked at the old women and I thought that could be me. Except that where I grew up, when you made one mistake, you didn't die. And they did. They were kept prisoner and after a year or so, you wouldn't need to keep them prisoner because they've got nowhere to run. Families don't want them back. And I can remember walking around that old city and seeing the, the men taking heroin and opium and saying to the Lord, it would be worth my whole life if you'd use me to save just one. You see, I, I didn't understand why I was born in one place and they were born in another. You might think that too. How come you're in Singapore when people in East Timor and those in the caves that we've just been hearing about, they were born there. And I said, God, I know I'm going to heaven. I know you. But if you could use me to save a life while I'm on earth, it would be worth my whole life. And some of you know that in God's mercy, he's done more than that. Because that, of course, is what he wants to do through all of us, save lives. I'll just tell you about one, and then I want to get on to your life. After several years of being in Wall City, I'd tried speaking the gospel, and of course that didn't work. Uh, Then I tried doing the ordinary stuff which we're all supposed to do. I call it basic gospel. 
basic gospel is very simple. It's when somebody doesn't have rice and you've got rice, you give them half your bowl. And when somebody says, please walk a mile, you walk two. That's basic gospel. And half the world aren't going to believe in our Jesus unless we do that. So, words don't work that much. Deeds do. But then, I began to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit because I saw people dying. You could see a hundred people in a drug den. And I knew when I watched those hundred people that within the year half would be dead. All their mothers would have died because some of them used to beat their mothers to get the money. All their mothers would die of broken hearts because their sons were not good sons. So I began to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit and I'm not going to tell you about that story but when the power of the Holy Spirit came and I started to pray in tongues secretly then I saw God doing amazing things and one by one uh, these gang boys started to come to Jesus and when they came to Jesus I always asked them the same question who is your dilo? Who is your gang, gang leader? And they always said the same thing. Oh, he's really big. He won't listen about Jesus. He's really big. And I always said the same thing. Well, uh, never mind. What's his name? We'll pray about him. Because you really cannot have two dilo, you know. Uh, you cannot have Jesus and him, you know. So... Uh, one of them called Ah Ping, He's, he invited Ah Ming, his dialogue, to a, a summer camp. I was having a Christian summer camp. And uh, I'm quite sure yours in December will be an improvement on mine. Because I had no helpers. And I prayed like this before the camp. Dear Lord, please send the ones you want and keep the others away. It was a very simple prayer. And we went on a boat to an island. It was called Lama Island. And Ah Ming bought his Dilo. And my Ah Ping bought his Dilo, Ah Ming. And uh, we got off at the other end. And, you know, there were stores to carry. We had to walk three mountains. And I had to carry a 30 or 40 pound sack of rice. And all these guys said, well, of course, that's women's work, you know. And so uh, uh, I sweated up the mountain while they pranced up. And uh, we got to the camp at the other end. And uh, they all slept in a kind of dormitory. But I couldn't go in because I was a girl. So I was in a tent outside. And uh, I knew that Arming, the Dilo, had brought drugs with him. And on the first night, he came out of his room to take drugs on the mountain and I thought well no we can't possibly have this this is a Christian summer camp and um, then I thought the missionaries were right Jackie you've done it all wrong you see the missionaries said to me you're supposed to work on one and when he's converted then you get on to the next one you know and I got I got 30 gangsters in one room and no helpers so I 
talked with him on the mountain, trying to delay him, you know. And I, he said, nice, nice, isn't it? And I said, ha ha, yes, nice. Nice does, ha ha ha, yes, nice. Well, this went on for some time, and finally, I was, I was exhausted. So I went to, into my tent to sleep, and no doubt he took drugs. Well, this isn't quite a, a Christian summer camp. So uh, on the second day, Three or four of them, I think they were all drug addicts, came to me and they said, well, we have to go now. And I said, no, 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 you can't. We're going to have a prayer meeting. But they didn't listen. So uh, they ran away while we were having the prayer meeting. And I sent uh, uh, an Australian guy who'd appeared after them. And I said, just get them to come back. And he ran after them over three or four mountains. And he kept saying, you must come back. You must come back. And Jesus loves you. And problem is, they didn't speak any English. So they didn't know. And they said in their best Chinese, you know, all the reasons why a drug addict wouldn't come back. And they've got very good reasons. But neither could understand the other. So he kept saying, you must come back. And Jesus loves you. And, you must. and then after three mountains, they sat down, had a cigarette, turned round and came back. And I was back at the camp, you know, I'd had my prayer meeting, so I wasn't that surprised to see them. And I thought, good, now I'm going to get hold of this guy and I am going to talk to him before he can run away again, you see. So I took him into my two-man tent, arming, and I started to tell him about Jesus except he was going through drug withdrawal, which was very painful. And he was, he was sweating and in a fever and very distressed. And I said, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, I won't uh, tell you any more about Jesus. Let me show you. And I drew three crosses in the ground. And uh, I picked up a heap of rubbish, Coca-Cola bottle tops and, and stuff like that. And I put a heap on the man on the right and a heap on the man on the left. And uh, I said, did you know that when Jesus died, two other men died with him? And they've both got a lot of junk and things they've done wrong. Do you know why Jesus didn't have any? And he said, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard he didn't do anything wrong. And uh, I said, right. And the man on the left turned to Jesus and although he was dying with Jesus he said huh? son of God prove it come down from the cross save yourself and save us and the man on the right said to the man on the left no 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 you shouldn't say that because he didn't do anything wrong. And we did. We deserved to die. And then he turned to Jesus and he said, Will you remember me today? And Jesus said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. And as Jesus said that, I took the heap of rubbish off the man on the right and put it on Jesus. So you could see he'd got all that man's junk. And I said, That man got to go to heaven that day. What's the difference between the man on the left and the right? And he said, there's no difference. 
just one believed and the other didn't. And I said, will you believe? Well, he didn't want to. But it was pouring with rain and he couldn't get out of the tent. <laughs> so, you know, he sort of shuffled around, you know, and finally he said, bay, 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 Supposing. <laughs> See? I try. And I said, okay, tell him. And he did more than that. He said, Jesus, if you're really real, please come and tell me. I've got a lot of junk and I'm in pain. Please give me a new life. And then the rain stopped. My Australian friend came in, laid his hands on him, and he spoke in tongues. Now, I think that if you'd asked him at this point, uh, do you understand what's happened? He wouldn't have had the slightest clue. He might even have said, I just did it to please her. Nevertheless, the spirit had touched him. And that night, he was asleep. And he was actually going through drug withdrawal. And he was in great pain. And he dreamt that he was in a hut on the mountain. And he heard a knocking at the door. And he thought, Ficey. And then the knock came a second time. So he went to the window and he had a look out. And he said, oh, it's raining out there. But there's this man carrying a lamp. And he sort of looked familiar. I've seen him around these last day or two. Anyway, I can't be bothered. So he went back to bed. And the third time he heard a knock on the door. And he thought, poor man. Hasn't got anywhere else to go. I better let him in. So he went to the door, opened the door and let him in. Then he went and lay down on the bed. And uh, it was a wooden bunk. And uh, he said the man came over and put, he was carrying a candlestick uh, with a candle. And he put it on the bed. And then he came and put his hands on Arming's head. And he said he never felt any more withdrawal pains. It was a miracle in his sleep. And the, the next morning, we blew the whistle. Because we get up in the morning to do exercises, you know, physical jerks. And our ping got up to do his exercises. And he saw Arming getting up and he was doing this. He was, and Arming said, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, I'm looking for the candle grease. I'm looking for the candle wax. Because the dream had been so real, he really thought Jesus had come to sit on his bed and heal him. And then he went and did exercises, which people on their first day of heroin don't do. And then we baptized him in the afternoon. And uh, then he went back to work the next week. Now, most of our drug addicts have never worked, but he was a gang leader, so he had an honorary position in a shipyard. Actually, he just used to spend the day sleeping in a ship while people fed him drugs. And uh, he went in, he, he was taking the boat on the way to his job, and he was praying to Jesus, and he was praying so hard, somebody stole his flip-flops. 
But anyway, you know, he's full of the spirit and goodwill. And uh, he walked in through the dockyard gates. And as he went in through the dockyard gates, one of uh, uh, another man who belonged to a different gang came towards him. And as he came towards him, seven other people came towards him. And Ah Ming saw this gang, and immediately he picked up two poles. And as he picked up two poles, all his followers followed him. And what had happened was this. The whole purpose for him coming on our summer camp had been to plan this gang battle. And picking up the poles meant the battle is going to start. And then they decided whether to use choppers or fruit knives or whatever, you know. And... Uh, so here's our Ming, newly converted, full of the spirit, and about to wade into this gang attack. And then he suddenly remembered, oh, wait a minute, I can't do this, I belong to Jesus now. So, and I prayed on the boat about peace. So, uh, so he sat down in the middle of the street, and he shut his eyes. And he prayed, and after a few minutes he opened up, opened his eyes. And he looked up, and they, the seven from the other gang were looking down at him, and they said, Jomia. What are you doing? He said, oh, I'm praying. I believe in Jesus now. And would you like to go to tea and hear about him? And they all said, yes, please. <laughs> That's a story. And a true story, and there are hundreds more. But I really don't want to tell any more about my story, because that was my story. And you know, when God created us, he's created us a story for each one of us. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And there's a different story for each one of us. And I'll tell you something. It's the next one after this, by the way. If you're doing PowerPoints, we've skipped one. Uh, whatever God has prepared for us, it's special for us, and us special for it. Now, I don't know what you're like, but I'm the kind of person that when I join the immigration queue, I have this happy knack of picking the slow one. I've, I don't know how I manage it, you know, but whichever I country I go to, there are ten lines to pick. Be sure I'm going to pick the slowest. And... And I think, God, somebody else is going to get there before me. Somebody is going to take my place. I'm not going to be first. I'm always afraid of losing. And for years and years and years, I actually used to have physical dreams when I was in the walled city. Some other group has got to the walled city, and they've done it before me. I wanted so much, you see. I wanted so much to, people, to see people saved. And when people used to pass through Hong Kong, have, have you not got these scriptures, that scripture? Or you've just got the reference? 
Yeah. No. Have. Not. Have. Okay. Right. Uh, I wanted so much to see God working through me to work, to, to, to see the world cities saved and changed that I was afraid other people were going to do it before me. And when people passed through Hong Kong, sometimes they used to come and say, Jackie, I'm praying about my future. And I never could understand what they were talking about. Because I thought, haven't you seen the world city? Is that not what you want to do with the whole of the rest of your life? I couldn't understand anyone who didn't want to stay there forever. So, if you, just in case you think I'm a hero, it's absolutely not true. I liked it. Because I was made for it. And if you told me to go, I couldn't have gone. I wanted to stay forever. Because it was made for me, or I was made for it. And there's a place, and there's a job, and there are people prepared for you that are not for anyone else. We've got helpers staying with us from many different countries. One of them's from Germany. And she now is helping us in a place called Macau. And they go many times across the border. And they help many street kids that are in China. There's one little boy, age of eight. This is what he's learned to do. Roll in broken glass. It's a kind of circus trick to get money. Except he doesn't get the money. The slave owner does. These are little boys who've either been sent away from home or run away from home, taken trains and ended up in a city in China. There's another little girl there. She's about eight. And they've given her a deformed baby to hold. So that when the tourists see this deformed baby, she'll get money. Except she doesn't get to keep the money. And if the police go, go by, she hides the baby. Then there are a whole lot of kids that sell flowers for the tourists. And our teams go in several times a week and they've made friends with these children. But they're not free, they're slaves. They are owned by the slave master who buys the flowers. And they must give him the money. And he gives them maybe a bowl of rice for their whole food for a day, that's it. And they live with rats. And they've made friends with the children and they've washed them. <laughs> 